the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Gather round. It's time for your real estate chalk talk with the Hitner Group at Coldwell Banker Burnett. Listen closely as your coaches discuss the culture, the economy, and the political scene, and how it affects your home and your real estate investments. Real Estate Chalk Talk is where you learn the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Your education begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, welcome to the program. This is your Real Estate Chalk Talk, and we're broadcasting from the Rack Shack Barbecue Studio in Egan, Minnesota. Hittnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R Group. All, All one, one word. Hittnergroup.com, 612-627-8000. 612-627-8000. That's the number to call. And we have got some really super-duper Upgrades on the big website, so check it out. Hitnergroup.com. Save it's all new. Searches. It's all new. New front page. New everything. It's real easy to use. It says right there where to search for homes and check your home value. You go right to the blog from the first page on the website. Genius. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. Check it out. Six one two six two seven eight thousand. No call. Absolutely no. No cost. Absolutely. No, <laughs> no calls the show. Please. No obligation. Nobody no him. obligation on the, that, on that first phone call. Uh, I'm excited. We got John Morphew on the program. John is a uh, real estate attorney and and uh, works and specializes in eminent domain. But before we get going, just I want a little bit of background information. Uh, first of all, just contact information. So if someone's listening and they have an issue, they can reach out to you. Yeah, they can reach out to me uh, through my uh, email address, john.morphew at gmail.com. The website is morphew-law.com. How do you spell morphew? M-O-R-P-H-E-W. So it would be morphew-law.com. Or they can contact my office at 612-790-9189. So law, you know, there's so many different areas of law, and there's so many specialties and and the the old country attorney that that uh, I grew up with, where he just had an office and came in and said, "What was your problem?" and and they did everything. That's gone really for practical purposes. What got you interested in the area of we're talking about eminent domain law? What got you interested first of all in real estate law in general, and then in particular in eminent domain? You know, real estate law and eminent domain just. You know, it's it seems to be something that I had to ha- I had an aptitude for, mm-hmm. and I think I was just kind of drawn to that area of the law. It's always kind of interested me, property rights, uh, a lot of constitutional law issues, kind of some real big picture legal stuff that you don't find in many areas of the law. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what one of the reasons why I went to law school, you know, to kind of deal with those sorts of issues. And how did you find yourself? I mean, how did you get into get out of law school? You know, what happened? I got out of law school and I went to work for a small firm uh, in northeast Minneapolis, and that's kind of what they did. Is they were a little more general practice, but you know, definitely did some real estate, did a little eminent domain, 
uh, some general practice type work. I really was drawn to just the eminent domain side and worked there for a number of years and then went out and decided to start my own firm, start my own practice and where I just generally, where I specialize in okay. that. That's probably 80% of my practice is real estate and eminent domain law. Do you remember so, your first case of eminent domain? <laughs> I don't remember my first one, but I probably remember the, I actually, I do. Now that you ask me that, I do remember <laughs> it was a big one um, involved the Richfield, uh, or excuse me, the Robbinsdale EDA. And uh, it was a case that ended up going to the court. What's, court Robin, the, what's EDA? Economic Development Authority. Okay. Robbinsdale Economic Devo- Development Authority um, bought out the property that was occupied by a business called uh, James Brothers Furniture. Okay. And it was kind of a seminal case in that area. Ended up going to the Court of Appeals. And then sort of the second biggest case I had was against the Richfield EDA involving the, uh, a, a homeowner who lived in a, a house right behind where the shops at Lindale is right now. Okay. So uh, that one ended up going to Minnesota Supreme Court and was another major case pretty early on in my career. Can we? Can you back up just a second and just explain what eminent domain is? So yep. people kind of, you know, good, there could be somebody question. listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, eminent domain is what they call the inherent right of the sovereign or in our country the government to take someone's property and put it to a public use. So they can acquire, they can forcibly take private property from a, a private homeowner and put it to a public use, meaning you can build schools, roads, hospitals, airports, uh, light rail, that sort of thing. The government can come and forcibly take your property from you. Home um, depots, things like that. No, not, not anymore in Minnesota. <laughs> they used to be able to until 2006, which was the Walzer situation, uh-huh. where they took the property from Walzer and gave it to Best Buy to build mm-hmm. the headquarters down there in 494. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much backlash following that that the Minnesota legislature actually went and changed the law in 2006. And you can no longer take property from one private owner and give it to another private owner solely okay. for the purposes of economic redevelopment. Now it legitimately has to be a public, what they call a public purpose or a public use. So so the two checks on the government's right to take your property are is it has to be for a public use and they have to pay what's called fair market value. And how so, much can they take? Some or all. I mean, they can take whatever they need. And it yeah. can be what we call a strip taking, which is just a portion of the property, or they can take the entire property if they need it and force who you know the business or the homeowner to relocate. So when they're putting a new road in and suddenly you see your, the front yards go smaller and smaller and smaller, that's just fine. They just have to pay the homeowner some, some value for taking some of that property correct? right it's it's a two yeah it's a two-step process and what it, it involves is they have to pay you not only for the land they're taking so let's say they're going to come widen a road in front of your house going to take four thousand square feet from your front yard okay they have to pay you for the value of that land but then they also have to pay you for what they do to diminish the fair market value of the remaining property right so that's what we call the before and after rule. They have to value your property before the taking, Hmm. value your property after the taking, whatever the differences between those two are what your damages are. And Calvin, you were involved actually in an eminent domain um, transaction that I was um, representing the buyer with, the seller rather. I mean, this gentleman owned a property on Kenrick in Lakeville. You all did the financing on his purchase, but the Kenrick and County Road 50 in this county road so we had to go with Dakota County, and we were working with them on valuation, et cetera. When they moved his lot line back, they found that his property was diminished so much so that they ended up just taking the whole property mm-hmm. oh, wow. and then compensating him for his his move, uh, closing costs on both sides of the transaction, 
they gave him a cash buyout for the property itself, and then we moved him down into a different location in Lakeville. Mm. And, I mean, he was pleased with it. He loved his house. That's right. no, I, he loved yeah. his house, but he was pleased with the resolution, and just, so he went with it. If I can it. just take a, a kind of a, a spin on that, what would happen then if, in in this case, where someone's putting a road in front, and and uh, and they took so much that I, I'm the homeowner, and my debt-to-equity ratio on the property based on my mortgage amount, based on that valuation of that property, now that valuation falls below what I owe on the property. What what happens in a case like that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a tough question, and sometimes that's up to you know kind of what the bank wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever there's a taking, uh, the bank if there's a mortgage on the property, the bank is is included as an interested party. Right. Yeah, and so what happens a lot of times is you come in and the government's we're only going to take a part of your property. Let's say they offer you fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Let's just say hypothetically speaking, uh, under pretty much every mortgage agreement, the bank's got the right to take whatever up to the value of the mortgage out of the eminent domain proceeding, you know, right. whatever the payment is. Um, most times what the bank does is they'll, they look at, you know, the balance of the loan, how much equity is in the mm-hmm. property, and then they make some sort of decision. But most of the time what they'll do is they'll just take whatever the government's initial offer is. So in that case, the 15000 the bank would take that and say, We'll take that, apply it to the principal of the loan, mm-hmm. homeowner and attorney. You can fight it out with the government. If you get anything more than that $15,000, you can keep it. Right on. So, What happens if you take that same strip off of it, the strip taking, and the valuations don't change all that much, but because now I've got a road that's 20 feet closer to my house, I just don't want to live here anymore. Well, if the government doesn't agree to do a total buyout, then you'll just have to sell it. I mean, if you just decide you can't live there because of the change in circumstance, you sell it and you get whatever you get for it. But you still get to keep, you know, uh, whatever the damages are that they would pay you because mm-hmm. presumably that's how much your property would have decreased in value if you're, you you sell it after the project. Because okay. generally, you know, in this market things are a little bit different, but in general – Somebody's going to pay you less for your for right. your house than what you what it was worth right. before the, the property. Been impacted, right? Yeah, right. because the, now the roads closer. You got more noise, more traffic, and that's lot, part of the of conversation privacy. up front in compensation. Correct. We have uh, just a, a minute left to the to uh, this segment, and we're going to hold you over because I want to find out what projects you're working on in the in the south area. Here we're broadcasting now from Egan, the Rack Shack Barbecue studio in Egan, Minnesota. I want to find out what you're working on in this Egan area. Before we go out to break one more time, just give them a phone number that they can call if they have a question. 612-790-9189. And we'll be right back here. Log on to hitnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R group.com. There you can check your home value and search for properties all on our website at hitnergroup.com. Or as always, give us a call, 612 612- Six two seven eight thousand, and we'll be right back. Get that rack shack attack, rack shack. 